Hey y'all! Welcome to NOLA Hots, a podcast to raise awareness about congenital heart defects and discuss resources about CHD and some other stuff. We're just two heart mamas from New Orleans doing this for heart mamas, or dads, grandmas, aunts, friends, whoever may want to listen. That's Susan And that's Lana Stevens, and we feel like we've got a lot to say. Welcome back to October. My favorite month. Your birthday's coming up this month, huh? And Harley's. Harley's is next week. But I really like October mostly because fall is my favorite time of the year. Yeah, but I don't even want to get too excited about October 4th being fall. <laughs> but I feel like it's closer yeah, to... Yeah, it's close. It's closer close. to less humidity and not sweating simply walking to my car <laughs> Do you, to go I, to work. Like, I feel like I get in the car work and I need to like uh-huh. jack up the air because I'm like soaking wet. And <laughs> Do you think our listeners think we have also a weather show before we... <laughs> It's what, it's like all I think about. It's, it's all like, I think about. It's is all I think about is how hot sweating. it is. Uh-huh. Yes. Because yeah, I, I feel like in the and winter food. we don't talk about that. No, we don't. <laughs> we don't talk about no. it. We talk about the holidays and the crazy stuff. But, you know, when you're talking about heat and food and that's all we want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm ready for gumbo. And, and Dwayne Kevin has... Kevin today about making gumbo. I was like, no. Well, and Dwayne has a hard rule. Like, it's got to be cold. Yeah. Like, he's like, I can't come home and eat a hot bowl of gumbo if it's if it's not no, cool that's hot. And I, I said, but you eat, like, hot red beans. It's different. And he says the same it's thing. Soup makes you just hot. I know. Because Ben's also Benjamin's also been begging for um, taco soup. And Dwayne's like, no. Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Like, so we're all just kind of waiting, waiting for that. Waiting for the first cool front. Yeah. That's right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, we're back today, and we are excited to have another heart mom with us on the show. Um, You may remember a while back, we interviewed some of the ladies from Conquering CHD Louisiana. She is also with that organization, but she's a heart mom um, to baby, I say baby Nash, he's not baby. No, but he's cute. Precious little toddler. Um, And she is going to share her experience as a heart mom and why she got involved with Conquering CHD. Um, and kind of what it what it's meant for her to be in that CHD world. It seems to be something that she has really embraced, and um, we're grateful for organizations like that for more moms and dads and CHD patients to actually embrace the world of CHD. So yeah, without without further ado, welcome to Laura Ogden, who is a CHD mom to Nash, but she also works with Conquering CHD Louisiana. Welcome, Laura. Thanks for joining us today. Hi. Thanks for having me. So, Laura, tell us a little about yourself and your family. Okay. Um, so, Kyle, Nash's dad, and I uh, both grew up in Covington, Louisiana. Um, we actually met in third grade. I think we rode the same bus. And oh, we, kind of just, like, <laughs> we kind of just stayed friends. We graduated from Mandeville High in 2009. Stayed friends after that. We kind of always had the same friend group that, like, went tubing every summer and everything. And Um, We ended up both living in New Orleans um, at the same time and, like, kind of kissed at a pool one day on Labor Day. And (laughs) ever since then, we kind of stayed together. And Nash came soon after that. So, yeah. I love it. Super Nash. So, yeah. that's And Nash is is your only child? Yes. Okay. We do plan on um, maybe trying after the new year. So, see what happens with that. (laughs) All right. Well, tell us a little about Nash and his diagnosis, his age and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So Nash will be three in December. Um, He just started a a Montessori school. So we're really excited about that. And he's doing great. Um, Right now he's post-glen anatomy uh, as he was born with tricuspid atresia that led to hypoplastic right heart syndrome. Okay. So he is single ventricle. He also was born with... um, 
transmission, transposition of the great arteries, coarctation of the aorta, and ASD and BSD. So he's not quite a lot diagnosis. Yeah, there was a lot going on in the beginning for sure. Um, Where did you deliver? I delivered at Oshner Baptist. So okay, not on the North Shore. No, I wanted to, but then they were like, since I chose Oshner as my, you know, surgery hospital, they were like, we want to induce you at 38 and a half weeks. So, you know, the NICU team can be there in the OR. I did have them vaginally mm-hmm. um, just because I thought it'd be healthier for his immune system, everything. At first I thought, you know, a C-section would be less stressful, but they said, no, they said, it's really your choice, but I, they would prefer vaginal. So that's what I went with. Okay. Yeah. So did you have him <clears throat> full term? He wasn't early or anything, huh? Yeah. 38 and a half weeks. That's when okay. I was induced. Yeah. Okay. And you found out at one of your scans, I'm assuming. So yeah, I went for my normal 20 week anatomy scan and everything looked great then. And they just said, Oh, we, we can't see the kidneys well enough. Mm-hmm. And I thought nothing of it. I just thought, Oh, you know, they're small. They can't see them. And um, so they had me come back at 28 weeks and then the doctor's face when she walked in after my scan, I just thought, I first thought she was like joking. I don't know why I thought that, but, and then when she started talking, saying they can't, we can't see the right side of his heart. I was just like, holy, I just broke down. And she, they also said he had cystic kidneys, which came to not be true after, when I went to the MFM, thank God, because that would be a lot more to handle. But um, yeah, so then I went to the MFM at women's two days later, and they, they uh, confirmed the diagnosis of the trapezoid atresia. Had you been familiar with any type of CHD world before? No. So I felt so lost. Like I literally left the, when I, my 28 week scan, just feeling like he was going to die. Like I didn't know anything about CHD. I mean, I'd heard about holes in the heart before, you know, and I was like, wow, well, that's crazy. But I never knew the extent of the CHD world at all. And I, I definitely do know. A lot of complications. I mean, lot. Henry has, transposition was his diagnosis. Yeah. But I mean, I always say this, like, that's it, which I, 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 the more I learn, the more I realize how fortunate he is that that is it. But you hear about all these people with all, because I feel like that's complex in and of itself, but then to be missing the right side of his heart and everything else, that's a lot. Yeah. It, it's definitely a lot. Um, so, so how I, many surgeries has he had? So he, when he was born, he was supposed to have the Norwood, which is like the first of the series mm-hmm. for single ventricle. Um, but he had brain bleeds after birth. Oh, so I think, I don't know. They never told me why it happened. Cause they were like, did they use a vacuum? Like, was there any trauma? And I was like, no, but I did have to like close my legs for an hour at Osher Baptist. Cause the OR had two emergency C-sections. So like, wow. he was like to come out. I think he was like, head was pounding. Yeah. I think that's what happened, but you know, anyway, so he ended up getting, um, having prostaglandin to keep his PDA open mm-hmm. and he ended up getting PA bands at three weeks old, um, as part of like the hybrid kind of deal they do with the P, uh, the PDA stent, but they did bands first. And then he ended up having seizures. He was born on December 4th. So he had seizures on Christmas, okay. which is terrible. And then they did the MRI and found out that he had had a stroke. Oh, goodness. Um, and they were even talking like end of life care and all this stuff. And that he might not ever walk or talk. Um, so I was just like, you know, devastated, obviously. But I just tried to, you know, stay positive. And mm-hmm. um, he's walking and talking today. So. Oh, that's incredible. That's <laughs> awesome. And then he ended up having the stent. 
um, PDA stent. Um, but then he ended up getting a Klebsiella infection in his pick line, which was terrible. So he ended up being there for two months total at first. Um, yeah. And then he came home and it was really scary. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. Yeah. We were- None of us do. None of us no. do. Right. Um, uh, and we just did everything the doctors told us and took them once a week at first. And then it led to once a month. And now we're at six months. Woo. Yeah. That's um, a big deal. Right. <laughs> it is. Um, and he had his uh, Norwood slash Glenn since he didn't get to have the Norwood first. So that's called a uh, comprehensive stage two. Okay. He had that at seven months old and he was amazing because they said he'd probably be there three to four weeks since it's a kind of two open hearts in one mm-hmm. 10 days. Wow. Nothing. So beat the odds, this kid, huh? Oh yeah. He's that's he's awesome. A, so. And so after his seven months, so did you have like a long break between seven months till now? That's that, or that's the last procedure he's had. Um, he did have to have his vocal cord, his vocal cords got paralyzed Okay. Um, from that surgery because the nerve like runs down to where uh-huh. they're doing the surgery. So it kind of got nicked, which is common. So he was having to have this like thick milk and it just, that wasn't working. He hated it. Um, so he ended up having just like a shot put in his vocal cord and it like plumped it up and it's been fine ever since. Okay. Okay. So I believe, I believe either. Either. intervention. I, I, it's like, there's so many little things that happen. He did, he, he did get circumcised after the fact. Yeah. Cause he had some extra stuff. It wasn't just like a normal, should we cut that out? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cut that part out. But you know, that's something that a friend of mine didn't know, you know, because Henry did not get circumcised till he was like 15 months old. Wait, are we cutting this out or no? We're, that's up to you. It doesn't matter. We don't have to. No. <laughs> but that's something like, literally literally that's not it. something that I knew going in. Yeah. Like they told me that after, like I assumed when he was born that they were going to do like all the traditional things that they do with, mm-hmm. with every right. baby. And so I remember the first time he was in the hospital and they changed his diet. I mean, he had probably been there like three weeks or a month mm-hmm. before I realized. And I mean, they may have told me, but it just didn't register. And I remember saying that to a friend of mine. She's like, why wouldn't they? And I think that's something a lot of people probably mm-hmm. don't realize that when you have a son, yeah. they not circumcise him when he's born. It, well, at least when Henry did, it was six months post-op. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it I, because of like a risk of infection or they told me infection and then like bleeding okay. and just, he was on blood thinners yeah. from his medicine. Yeah, and... that makes sense. That makes sense. I went back and forth on it for the longest time. I'm like, do I want to put him under anesthesia again? Mm-hmm. All this stuff. But he had like some extra stuff going on. It wasn't just like a normal uncircumcised. So I said, let's just go ahead and do it. So he doesn't have problems, more right. problems going forward. I want him to have confidence. Right. Thing, so, yeah. yeah. Well, so tell us what, um, fast forward to where you are now what has what's what's happened as far as like you as a mom and wanting to get involved in the chd community so i remember when he was in the hospital and he it it was looking really scary for a few weeks i was just praying god saying you know just let him survive like whatever happens we can deal with it i just want him to live and i just promised that i would help spread awareness of chd and definitely have him you know have nash to know god and jesus so that was kind of where like the idea of like trying to spread awareness just because i remember being at the hospital i felt really alone i mean i had it was right before covid so i had people with me like it was either my mom or kyle with me at all Mm -hmm. times except for when michael thomas came and visited i was by myself (laughs) freaked out (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) that's funny um, so yeah um 
I just was, I felt alone because I didn't, I didn't know the whole world of CHD yet. And I just wanted to talk to someone else about it. And I just felt like I wanted to have that connection. And then I kind of, I don't know how I came across conquering. I think it was just like an email or on Facebook or something that they needed Mm -hmm. people. And I was like, that's my calling. That's that's what I want to do. And I kind of just jumped on right as conquering CHD Louisiana was forming in um, February of 2019. Not the best time to form any organization. But, um, but yeah, um, you know, we're just, we're trucking along with that. And I am the, uh, at first, I didn't really know my role, what I wanted it to be or where I fit in just because I actually just started um, medical, lab, medical laboratory scientist school okay. as well. So I was like, you know, I don't want to like say I'm going to commit all this time because obviously school is very important, but I, want, I still want to be there and do all that I can kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So my role became community outreach coordinator. So, cause they kind of found out that I knew a lot of people, which I don't know. It's like, I, I guess I do. And like, or I'm good at talking to people. I don't know. Um, so I kind of just reach out to different organizations, like restaurants, whatever, try to find connections or stuff that we can do together. Um, on our first uh, in-person event that I helped a lot with was, um, brewing awareness. And that was at Le Chien Brewery in Denham Springs. Okay. Um, in December of last year. And we're actually trying to get another one together this year. Hopefully at Abita. Okay. Right. Yeah, my dad's like, oh, my new there, so. make it. We want to go. I feel like I was, the denim spring one. I was out of town or something because I looked at yeah. it. and I was like, that would be fun. Yeah. It was a little far for people to, and you know, close to Christmas. Uh, but so I think that having it at Abita will be like a big place. Yeah. It's closer to the city. Um, we might even do like a walk with it because the Abita Brewery is on the Trace it's on, on the, the North Shore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to get that together now. Okay. Hopefully it will come to fruition. Just get people together because, you know, it was hard at first having to do like virtual stuff. Yes. You know, I think people are tired of virtual stuff. So, right. Right. I feel like I'm like in person. person, So, yep. (laughs) So, tell us, like, how has been being a heart mom changed you and your outlook on life? And so, for me, it just, it's brought me closer to God for sure because you have to have that faith with you at all times or I feel like you could, you could break easily. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, I just kind of, I, I don't take, anything for granted anymore. You know, everything is special, especially Nash. Um, you know, I just try to live every day to the fullest and take him to the park whenever I can and just let him have fun. He loves music. He loves to play drums with his dad. And I try to take him to all the outdoor music concerts and he hops on stage and have to pull him off. So, (laughs) but he loves it. So, you know, I kind of just, I love seeing life through his eyes and, Mm -hmm. um, now getting involved with other families too. It's, I see that it's just a whole special community that I wouldn't have been involved with if I wasn't a heart mom. Right. You know, it's also, it's, it's also a curse as well as the blessing, obviously, because you don't want to see your child struggle and you're not certain of his future, you know, with everything going on. But Hey, I mean, there's kids with the same or actually adults with the same diagnosis as Nash. One is in medical school right now. Yeah. You know? It's and nice to be able to see hear those stories and, and yeah. So you can only think that the surgery that Nash is getting now is so much better than it was 30 years ago. And that who knows the advances they're going to have in, you know, 30 years. So for some sure. robot parts or something. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. agree more on like the, the pros and cons. Like you said, you never want to wish this on anybody, but there's a lot of um, good that comes out of it. Yeah. Definitely. A lot of mixed blessings. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. 
Well, tell us if this is something we ask all of the people that we interview, but if you had one piece of advice to give to, um, you know, a mom who just found out her baby has a heart defect or a dad or, you know, anybody, what, what would it be? I feel like no matter how scared or overwhelmed or alone you might feel, like I said, I felt, um, I just felt like you have to stay positive. Um, I remember before they took Nash um, or they took me to the OR to have Nash. Kyle, he's a drummer. He was like drumming on my belly to the song called The Face by Kings of Leon, which is one of our favorite songs. And um, I started crying. So I was so scared. And I just didn't know if Nash would be breathing or if I would get to hold him. But then once I saw him after he was born, I did get to hold him for two minutes, which is mm-hmm. amazing. So I mm-hmm. just really want that. And he looked perfect and pink and beautiful. And I saw his eyes and just like all this hope and love just like, you know, flowed into me. And I just knew that's what I had to give back to Nash and just stay positive and through the whole thing the first two months I just tried to like smile stay positive love him as much as I could my mom told me you know he can feel your emotions so you know of course I would go back I would go get out of the room and cry and do whatever I needed to but when I went back into the room I just tried to smile and give him all the love that I could because I really feel that that's what helped him you know recover as well as he did so I remember doing that. I would go. I would go in the bathroom and cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. cried a lot. Right, because I didn't want to cry like there. Yeah, because you know, I didn't want him to feel it. But I mean, that fear is there. So I'd be like, "Oh, I gotta go to the bathroom." Like mm-hmm. I'd go in there, cry, mm-hmm. get it out, or like my car ride to and from the hospital, or mm-hmm. yeah. So how long was he in the hospital? He was in for two months at first, and then um, ten days after the uh, Glenn and Norwood. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so looking forward, not looking forward, but kind of ready to get the content over with. I'm sure. But, I'm sure there's a bit of anxiety just to get there. Yeah. You know? I'd like them to be a little older, hopefully like five, but they're, they're just kind of say three to six. So we're kind yeah. of just waiting on the first sign of decline, which is right. like scary to say, but yeah. you know, his like oxygen sats are like 85 right now. That's his mm-hmm. like average. Cool. And so I think mm-hmm. maybe once he starts dipping into the seventies then we'll yeah. start thinking about it. But for now he's great. You can never tell. I mean, he is the most joyous, funny just like everyone says he's the happiest two-year-old they've ever seen and he really is I mean I think a lot of park kids are like that I just noticed yeah. that just have this smile that brightens the room and it's something just crazy about them that I think is awesome and um yeah I mean he's only gets out of breath when he plays hard but he does and he doesn't stop so I think that he's well I mean I feel like I get out of breath when I <laughs> right same same <laughs> I mean same I'm running after him like I know right a little hard right? to keep. sometimes they're hard to keep up with oh um, yeah just for our listeners, I know we, like I said, we've, we've done an episode with uh, Conquering CHD in the past. So we've, you know, we can always refer back to that episode as far as more information um, about that organization. However, what if someone is looking to have you come out and speak to them about Conquering CHD or how maybe they want to get their business involved or um, something along those lines? How, how should they contact you? What do you recommend? And um, what types of services do you offer as, as an outreach coordinator? Okay. So the best way would be to contact us at Louisiana at conquering okay. or we have chats on Facebook. You just look up conquering CHD Louisiana as well as Instagram, any businesses, breweries, restaurants that want to contact us and get together. We also are super in need of board members right now. Um, a vice president, an adult CHD coordinator. So that would be, you know, a, someone who is an adult and has CHD, um, okay. no matter how big or small. So, okay, yeah, so just, that's that's really that's important for I think our listeners to hear that somebody that may be wanting to get involved that they are yeah 
are spots for people to get more involved with organizations like this. So if there's an adult CHD or out there. Yes. So yes, please contact us. We'd love to talk to y'all and help any families or anyone. They can be from anywhere in Louisiana? Anywhere in Louisiana. Okay. Yes. Okay, great. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Laura. It was so great to meet you. Good to meet you too. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. She was so sweet and had a lot of um, really sweet things to say about her precious boy. We, what y'all don't hear on the podcast is that we got to see him um, via our Zoom, and he is some cute. I just wanted to grab him through the screen. Uh-huh. Like, oh, he's so cute. We recorded on a Saint Sunday, so he had his little, his little jersey on, cheering on the Saints. Sweet baby. I know, he was precious. I kind of wish that he would have stayed on a little bit longer, and we could have gotten some feedback from him. But I think he was he was cut off in and out. <laughs> you know what else I thought? I was like, oh, I miss my kids being cute and being yeah. able to dress with a theme. Now Me too. They, no, no, it's not mm-hmm. there anymore. Nope. So uh, thanks again to Laura for joining us. Um, it was a pleasure to hear about your ro- role with Conquering CHD. Um, as she mentioned before, Conquering CHD Louisiana is on Facebook, um, and you can email them, and we will include that in our um, our social media posts so that everyone can reach out to them. There seems to be opportunities within that organization that maybe some of our listeners might be interested in. So definitely reach out and see all the great things that they do. Um and maybe try to get yourself more involved. We find the more pe- people that get involved are more likely, you know, comfortable talking about um, things that they've been through. And they they like to be able to meet other people that have, have been through something similar. So, For sure. And for anybody out there who would like to share their personal stories, please reach out to, uh, to us. Um, we love hearing from everybody. Um, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at NOLA Hots. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Pandora. You can share our podcast if you're listening via Apple Podcasts. Um, and you can also rate and review us through the Apple uh, Podcast app as well. We're looking forward to the next episode. Don't forget, there's no judgment here. It's all about survival. Cheers. Cheers.